today on CityCast Pittsburgh. It's been almost two decades since the Steelers had a losing season, or even a different quarterback. The team, and really our entire offensive line, is effectively restarting this week with the NFL Combine, a national week-long tryout for all the teams in the league. So who are the Steelers looking at? What's coming next from the draft? Can we, like, start planning a Super Bowl parade or... The Athletics' Sean Gentilly is here to talk through it all. It's Monday, February 28th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So the Steelers haven't had a losing season since I was in eighth grade, and they're not about to start now. Morgan's, Morgan's making me feel old already. This is not good. <laughs> so the Steelers are in like a bit of like an off-season limbo. So the NFL Combine starts tomorrow. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, they're going to be up first. So we at least need one of those three since Ben is retired. Who is on the Steelers' radar if they're looking to draft a quarterback? I mean, if you look at the way things went at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago, and it's a big, that's a big event on the NFL calendar, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of teams. Mike Tomlin's there. Kevin Colbert's there. Not coincidentally, like most of the best quarterbacks, you know, the top of that class were seniors this year, so they're all there too. It's Kenny Pickett from Pitt. It's Malik Willis from Liberty, who kind of came into the season as like a sort of dark horse Heisman candidate. Didn't really work out for him. He was a big time recruit at Auburn. Ended up at Liberty for. A bunch of reasons. That's what I started to say. Liberty's not usually known for a football program, but oh man, not not until recently. They've like the last like five years or so. They spent I mean whatever. They have all that. They have all that evangelical Christian money right coming in, so they can <laughs> they can spend it on whatever they want. They they dumped a bunch of it in, into the football program. So they're a D one program now. They're independent. They're playing real teams, and they're and they're wow. get, they're getting real prospects, right? Malik Willis transferred because someone bumped him out at Auburn. Like whatever. That's that's not important. Yeah. He was the name at the Senior Bowl. He was the one who, you know, coming out of it, it was like a he did a lot to improve his stock in general. B he did a lot to uh, improve his stock in the eyes of the Steelers. Like it's again Senior Bowl, big deal. Tons of scouts, tons of media. Everyone's Everyone's watching all the practices. It's all eyes on everybody all the time. And, you know, a lot of the stuff coming out of that was like, Mike Tomlin spent a lot of time talking with Malik Willis. Kevin Colbert spent a lot of time talking to Malik Willis. He's a guy who would be there whenever they draft, you know, probably in the, you know, in, in, in the 20s or wherever they end up. With his style, do you think Malik Willis would be the type of quarterback that would fit into the Steelers' offense? You know, he's a he's a dual threat dude, right? He's got a gigantic arm. He's really, really mobile. That's something Tomlin talked about last year consistently you know the need to have that mobility from the quarterback position and yes on some level it was like you could have taken it as as a ding on Roethlisberger because he was just you know a statue back there he was yeah. he was <laughs> you know immobile and got less mobile <laughs> got less mobile each week it felt like yeah, you get sacked 38 times I guess that'll do it exactly so Tomlin talked about having a dual threat mobile guy consistently it came up it came up each week every time whether they're whether they're playing against Lamar Jackson or ahead of the Bills game against Josh Allen, anytime they played someone, you know, a, a quarterback who brought that to the table, Tom would go out of his way to be like, yeah, this is this is something we'd we'd like to have at the, at the position. And Malik Willis, 
you know, brings that more than any more than anybody in, in that in that group of the draftable guys. But what 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 is good what is good for Tomlin and what is good for the Steelers is if is if they want to draft a quarterback and if one of those guys is still around, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Sam Howell, like those are those are the three big names, right? Yeah. Those got all three of those dudes can move. All three of those dudes are are, you know, athletic and uh, and and mobile in in their own ways so that that part of it shouldn't be a problem it's just a matter of a which one falls and b whether whether the Steelers want to pull the trigger on, on on the guys that do so last year the Steelers tried to reload the offensive line with draft picks and some free agents that they picked up it didn't work out um like I said Ben was sacked like 38 times last year mm-hmm. It's a lot uh, for those of you that don't know. Um, is this a place where the team is looking to fill some ve- with some veterans, or or will their young talent be ready that they picked up last year in the draft? Sure, sounds like they're going to go out and get an older guy, right? That was something Col- Colbert, Kevin Colbert, talked last week. The one thing he said in terms of regrets for for the season that just ended was he wishes that he would have gone gone out and got another veteran and not, yeah. you know, had those whatever the Kendrick Greens of the world and um, you know just those those kind of young guys that that populated the line especially by the end he said he wanted to get an older dude so I I would I would fully expect him to do that potentially probably at guard so we seem pretty set on the defensive side of things if if the players can you know stay healthy throughout the season fingers crossed but are there any contracts ending or free agents pending um, for our defense I think the big one is is, is Stefan Tuitt. Like his his contract situation is definitely in flux. You know he missed all last season because of a family tragedy. His brother his brother was his brother was killed. Isn't it? it happened right in front of his mother? And yeah. So so Tuitt was away from the team for most of the season, right? And, and whether he wants to play, you know, it's got to be an open question at this point. And I I don't think Colbert has any has answers on that either. It seems like they're holding a space for him, considering what happened. But yeah, and you know, rightfully so. He's 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 done a lot for that organization, and that's just how, that's how you should treat people, right? That's the kind of <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you do like to see from organizations where they're they're treating these guys like like human beings first. That's awesome. That's that's all well and good from a football standpoint. You know, whether whether they, you know, figure out a uh, there's there's roster exemptions or certain roster designations you can use on, on on guys like that, right? But from a football standpoint, they probably need to know whether Stephon what kind of headspace Stephon yeah. to it is in and what kind of physical space he's in because he's a really important player. And the defensive line was a problem last year too. Like Cam Hayward can only do so much, right? He he's fantastic as that dude is. He's 33 and he and, and he's and he's one dude. 33 is ancient in <laughs> in the league. That's it. You hit 33, just 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 head on out. That's over. Speaking of defense, so the Steelers have had some personnel issues, not issues. The Steelers have had some personnel changes on that side of things too. So former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores was hired by Mike Tomlin, the league's last remaining black head coach. So shout out to Black History Month and that happening during this <laughs> month. Um, beyond that being what I consider to be like the right move by Tomlin and the Roonies, what what do you know about uh, Brian Flores' resume? Oh man, it's about it's about as good as you can get, right? He spent years years working under Bill Belichick, which is huge. Yeah, he was he was a really successful head coach in Miami. It didn't work out for. Variety of reasons. Some, some, some were his fault, and some of them weren't. I mean, the the big issue there was there was a disagreement over what to do with the quarterback situation, yeah. right? Where he was less of less of a two attack of a low guy. Ownership has a lot invested in that dude, first round pick, you know, or from the first overall pick, whatever. So that was that was the problem. But 
you know, whatever. Brian Flores just dragged a mediocre-ass team to, you know, that started 0-6 or 1-7 or, or, or whatever it was. They played hard for the rest of the season and ended up ended up at eight and eight or you know nine and eight or whatever, whatever it was. He's a he's a he's a really really good coach. And Tomlin, you know, for Flores spoke on on HBO a couple of days ago, right? And he he had mm-hmm. the Brian Gumble interview and he explained the process and he, you know, it started out with, you know, he was just he was talking he was talking to Tomlin about about the about the suit he's filing against the league. It was just kind of like a check in like. How, how you doing? What's going on? And within two days, he got hired, right? So that is a cool thing for Tomlin to do. He's certainly the dean of black of, of black head coaches and, and black coaching. So for him to give Flores a leg up, especially given the suit that he filed, especially given the concerns that you know people had over him getting getting potentially blackballed or frozen out across the league, because that shit happens, obviously. Right, Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Clearly. That being said. Brian Flores is a great football coach, and Brian Flores is the exact kind of football coach that the that the Steelers need. Right? He brings an outside voice. That's something the Steelers haven't gotten that mu- that that much, you know that that much of in the last few years. He's a younger dude. He can help with the outside linebackers. He can help maybe take some of the, the defensive play calling off Tomlin's plate. Right. Probably works well with Terrell Austin. It seems like they know each other. Who's, who's the new defensive coordinator? I mean, it's it's just it's a no-brainer thing on both sides. I, I was I was happy to see it. And how important do you think that representation is for the team and for the players? I know they talk a lot about Tomlin being like a, a player's coach, but I think mm-hmm. that's both because of age and also because you know majority of the team, or at least half of the team, is is black. Oh man, it's in the Flores thing. That's a major. It's a major walk it like you talk it moment for 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 Tomlin, honestly, because yeah. in he's taking he's I will say he's taking heat for this in the past because he hasn't hired a lot a lot of a lot of he hasn't he hadn't hired a black coordinator until until uh-huh. until Terrell Austin right people have you know noticed that in the past I know Shannon Sharp like a couple years ago on TV was talking all about it and whatever say what you will about that Mike Mike Tomlin hasn't had to hire that many coordinators that's part of it right he had Dick LeBeau for a million years then he had Keith Butler kind of take over as as kind of the dude in waiting there Offensive coordinator stuff, like you can explain that away too. Like, okay, that's in the past now, right? And and now now we're at the point where Tomlin actually did have some real hires to make for the first time in a while, and he's and he's and he's you know he's making them count. And I and players players absolutely notice that sort of stuff. The amount of the amount of respect Tomlin has across the league, not just not just with coaches, not just with black coaches, but with players on every single team, like that can't be that that cannot be like understated right dudes notice that sort of thing and I, I i'm sure 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 that they notice the flores stuff one last question baseball isn't necessarily like the cornerstone of pittsburgh sports that it used to be but it's still important so there's no agreement yet between the players union and M- the mlb management do you think a season is going to happen like base will the pirates take us out to the ball game <laughs> that's right it's gonna happen, but it's gonna be short. I think that's I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, we are right up against it. I believe it was February 28th was the day that they said they're gonna need to have an agreement to have a full 162 game season, and they are not close. So no, get ready. It's it. It'll be short. It'll probably happen though. Sean Gentilly, senior writer at the Athletic. Thank you for talking with us today. Thank you guys. Some more news before you go. The city has launched a new rotating art initiative led by First Lady Michelle Ganey. 
It's called Pittsburgh Paints and will exhibit works in the mayor's office, his chief of staff's office, and executive conference room, all in the city county building downtown. Ms. Gainey says the works featured will change every month and be dedicated to promoting diverse voices and empowering local artists. The new voting map for the U.S. House wrote one candidate right out of her district. State Representative Summer Lee and Pitt Law Professor Jerry Dickinson were both running to take over Mike Doyle's seat. Nobody moved. They both still live in Swiss Vale. But now Summer Lee's home is just outside the boundaries of the new District 12. Technically, she doesn't have to live there to run, but she's definitely upset that she doesn't. Also, there's a bunch of other people running for Doyle's seat, too. Four Pittsburgh chefs are semifinalists for the James Beard Awards, including folks behind Apteca, Chengdu Gourmet, and 40 North. They're all nominated for the Best Chef Mid-Atlantic category. And they're all delicious. And the Strip District is getting yet another indoor mini golf spot. How many do they need? Puttery will be a few blocks from Putt Shack and On Par Now, which explains why they turned down my proposal to open an all-women's mini golf course called Chatty Caddies. Get it? Caddy. It's always better when I have to explain my jokes. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Leave us a review, subscribe to the newsletter, and of course, send us your ideas. You can hit us up on social at CityCastPGH, or you can email Pittsburgh at CityCast.FM. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. news. That's really how I want to start the news, but I know the feedback we'll get.